And we're back. Um, we are going to dive right back in. Uh, we left off with uh, Trinity removing the bug from Neo and throwing it out the, uh, the window of the car. Um, they now arrive uh, at an abandoned hotel to meet Morpheus. And we're going to jump right in with a clip. This is it. Let me give you one piece of advice. Be honest. He knows more than you can imagine. At last. Welcome, Neil. As you no doubt have guessed, I am Morpheus. It's an honor to meet you. No. The honor is mine. Please, come, sit. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole, hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Ironically, this is not far from the truth. Do you believe in fate, Neil? No. Why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window, or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage. Born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. 
After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Alrighty, so we get the beginnings of an explanation as to what the Matrix is. Um, you know, he, Morpheus is still being ambiguous about it because, you know, we got more movie <laughs> time to fill. Um, you know, uh, he sort of keeps Neo in the dark. We'll sort of understand kind of why um, as things progress. Um, so at this point, Morpheus leads Neo into another room where he is then prepared for his extraction, uh, we'll call it. Uh, Morpheus explains that the red pill will help them track his true location. Um, none of this, of course, makes sense to Neo. Um, he's sitting in a chair. He's looking at a mirror. He starts hallucinating. Um, the mirror becomes liquid, sort of liquid metal. Um, this is happening while Morpheus is talking about dreams versus reality and what's real and what's not. And I just want to take a quick step back. And another impact that this movie had in 99 was on in higher ed, in philosophy classes, they created entire courses about this movie. Mm-hmm. Not the mo- not the physical movie, but the ideas behind this movie, the existential ideas that created this movie. And I, you know, I doubt they're still taught today because we've moved on. But it definitely opened the door for trying to understand that whole, you know, reality versus dreams and and what is real and you know. Are you tied to it all or not? Things like that. So it, it had a huge, huge impact in that community uh, well, at the it, time. It definitely spurred that conversation about living in a simulation. And I yes. mean, that's, that's very much still hotly debated today. Exactly. You know, it's one of those things that it's impossible to disprove. Yeah. So, you know, there's, right. there's theories right. about it. And, uh, you know, some of them hold water. So yeah. yeah, it it opened the, the door to a lot of like weird conversations that people weren't having yet. Right. There's um, there's actually a, a um I haven't had a chance to to <clears throat> to listen to it just yet. Uh but I'm I love watching movies with like commentary, like director's commentary. Yeah. And uh it's either on I have the Blu-ray, but I also have it on iTunes. And uh uh if you have like Apple TV which I do, I'm an Apple sucker, but if, uh, what, what, yeah. what, if, 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 if you have the Apple TV or even the, or even the Blu-ray version, uh, the special features, the commentary tracks, there's four commentary tracks and one is cast and crew. One is the, the composer. Uh, one is uh, some, some fans or whatever, like critics. And another is a philosophy commentary. Oh, wow. And it has Dr. Cornell West and one other person go. I can't think of right now. And I, I looked at that and I was like, I, I should watch this, but I didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, but because I, I wanted to do a lot of other kind of homework on the on the movie. There's like, right. there's so much that you want know, to dive into. But um, at some point, I do want to watch that because I would love to hear 
you know, their uh, their yes. thoughts on this film as they're watching it. I'm oh, sure it's a- sure it's really insightful. That's fantastic. I didn't know about that. And I definitely want to watch it. And uh, Cornell West appeared in the second and third. Yeah, just, uh, just, right. just I think just the, the second, second one. That's true. Yeah, I don't and think he showed up in the third one. one. one yeah. of the council members. Council members. Uh, yep. yep. So that was pretty cool. Now, uh, yeah, personally, I don't like the delivery that Lawrence Fishburne uses in <laughs> This it's like fucking stutter talking with this like really fucking like cheesy smile. Other than you sound I don't nothing like, like him. I'm right. about to say that was a horrible impression. Well, I mean, really, that really is was. like he's like fucking trying to enunciate every single syllable of every word. Uh, like, well, we, we could compare we, English and, we and could, like he stops at random parts of the sentence. We no, could we could compare on. him then we could compare him then to Mr. Star Trek himself Shatner. <laughs> now that, that I was gonna say that sounded more yeah. like okay Captain Kirk even than though he doesn't Lawrence sound Fishburne. like Shatner but at like all. he's got like like people don't talk like that it's not fucking people talk <laughs> like no people in Florida don't talk like that Joe no, like there's like no drama in his voice when he's saying this very okay. serious thing he's saying right. it so fucking straight and I'm just like okay. give me a little bit of fucking like gusto to it it's just like you can either take the red pill or the blue pill and then you can go on and discover will you wake up in your bed or will you go to learn the truth i think i think i think you're reciting clips from the porno version of matrix <laughs> Maybe. Sounds, i don't i don't, exactly. I, don't I don't think it's the i don't think we're like, looking at the same movie you're, he's, you're looking he at this so fucking straight with the delivery i'm like give it a little bit of drama I disagree okay. with you on on Fishburne's delivery, but I do have an issue with his character, and it's how does it, how do his sunglasses stay on his? Face? <laughs> oh yeah, those sunglasses are stupid. Yeah, he, he actually yeah, he, he, cl- he clips them when he, when you uh, when he they leave the Oracle's uh, apartment. Yes. He actually clips them right onto his. So That's probably why he has that little shit eating grin the whole nose. time because he has to hold his nose up. <laughs> yes, exactly. That could be it that with his it. Michael Strahan teeth. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, yeah, so uh, Neo's, Neo's hallucinating. Morpheus is talking about dreams versus reality. Um, Morpheus is told they pinpoint his location and the extraction begins. I love this effect. It's, it's again, it might be a bit dated, but uh, the liquid metal from the mirror spreads across Neo's bo- body and it actually goes down into his throat and the camera follows this liquid as it pours down his throat and his scream turns into modem sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as very it cool. goes down, uh, so I, I, I just thought it, it, it's a very cool effect. Um, yeah, the audio audio sold that scene when right? it starts it was, to break apart yeah. like that. Yeah, it was it was a great it was an amazing transition. I mean, and, yes, and the fact that he wakes up in this goo, right? Yep. So yeah, exactly. So so yeah, so we are transported down his throat with this noise, and uh, we go to black for a second. We we when we come back, um, we're inside some kind of pod. And we're looking at a very different Neo. All right. He's hairless. He's got multiple connections or implants all over his body. Um, oh, for a second, I was watching Deadpool. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and to prepare for this scene, um, Keanu Reeves lost 15 pounds mm-hmm. <laughs> and he shaved his entire body. That was not, you know, cover up. <laughs> okay. He completely shaved his entire body uh, to get that, to get that look. Um, he, he, he he's now aware inside this pod. So he looks out over the side and he sees 
thousands upon thousands of similar pods stacked up on these towers that go on forever. You, you can't even see where they end. Um, he still has no idea what's going on. Um, so, of course, a signal's been sent because he has woken up and become conscious. So a drone flies up and very violently <laughs> disconnects him from the pod, grabs him by the throat. And there's actually bruise marks on his neck later, a little later in the next couple of scenes from, from this like throttling he gets. All, the, all the, the hoses pop out of his implants and he's basically flushed. You know, he's like Men in Black 3, was it 3 or 2? <laughs> where, where Will Smith talks to, to uh, Tommy Lee Jones about, oh, he used to love getting flushed. And uh, he's flushed down through a tube into this waste reservoir. Um, it's at this point that we see a trap door open on some kind of ship and, uh, you know, a claw reaches down and grabs Neil and pulls him inside. Um, Neil sort of half wakes up at this point and, uh, you know, Morpheus welcomes him to the real world. Um, as Neil lays on the table, barely conscious, you hear, you see Morpheus and Trinity talking, you know, Morpheus is like, we've done it, Trinity, we found them. And her response is, I hope you're right. Um, Neil looks at them both and says, am I dead? And, you know, Morpheus's response is far from it. Um, so at this point, Neo's recovery is being monitored by the, by the crew. Um, it's cool to pay. It, it, there is definitely a passage of time because we see that his hair starts to grow back. He gets his eyes, eyebrows back, things like that. Uh, they've got to stimulate his muscles because they've atrophied, things like that. Uh, you know, modify his implants. I, I don't, they don't explain exactly what they do, but they modify his implants and everything. So, um, so he's now in the real world and, you know, he, he looks a little more like himself anyway. One thing with that goop, I, I saw, I forgot exactly where I saw it, but they had, had like the stunt people, you know, kind of figure out the, the, how to do that scene. Obviously they pre-visit, yeah. uh, and one guy got into that goop and he actually got, I think he got like hypothermia until they realized maybe we should warm this stuff up. Oh, so they, so he actually, yeah. Yeah. he got in there and, and when he got out, yeah, his, it was, I guess it was just like at room temperature, but because it was so thick and viscous, it was actually right. cold. And when he got out, it was, yeah, he was all messed up. So someone said, uh, we should probably warm this up just a little bit and make it, <laughs> <laughs> make it slightly above room temperature so that when Keanu gets in it, it you know, he doesn't go into shock or something. Yeah, but, oh, it, but it's got electrolytes. Yes. It's yeah. great. This yes. goop's too cold. I can imagine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next scene, Neo wakes up in his bunk. Uh, he's dressed in some raggedy clothes. Uh, he has an IV that's running not into his vein, but into one of his implants on his arm. Um, you know, so he sits up and he decides to remove it. And, you know, <laughs> the needle's really long and uh, it sort of freaks him out, but he does pull it out. Um, he reaches back and he feels that neck sort of neck head implant in the back that he didn't think was real, but is. Um, and uh, more when Morpheus enters, this is where he explains to Neo that it's actually about a hundred years after Neo's perceived time of 1999. Um and we'll get more explanation as the movie goes on. So is at this point that um, Morpheus gives Neo a tour of his ship. The ship is called the Nebuchadnezzar, uh, named after King Nebuchadnezzar, um, who I think was a real, he's the one who created the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Yep. Um, and he also did a lot of war and shit. It was also the name of the star <laughs> where um, Mjolnir and the Infinity Gauntlet and Stormbreaker were forged. Yeah, right. That's true. That's true. You're right. Um so and he, they walk past a plaque of, uh, you know, commemorating and it was built in 2069 
and it's version three something 11 which yeah mark 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 three number 11 which yeah i have no idea yeah. what that means well it's a, it's supposed to be a bible reference and i am definitely not up on my bible references so huh. Uh, there is a, it is a, it is a verse in the Bible and it does reference. Um, I, I, if I remember correctly at the end, it basically references, you will believe that I am the yeah. son of God. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Now <clears throat> version one of the ship, Mark one was the event horizon. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. That's why, we, you know, Fishburne's still there. <laughs> there you go. That's so cool. <laughs> that's absolutely cool, dude. Yeah. I like that. Um, Which that's a great movie. We got to do that movie. And you yes. know the, the Mark One too. Uh, they built it in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> event, event Horizon. That should be our uh, Halloween movie. Oh my god! Oh, dude, that is one of the greatest horror movies ever. Are you kidding me? And that holds up. Yeah. That shit holds yeah. up today. It does as well as it did when it came out. Well, um, you know, it's interesting. You, you you talk about horror. That's honestly one of the other things I, I think about this movie as well. Is if you just take certain parts out of it, it it could be a legit horror film yes i agree right yeah. i mean yeah, yeah. there are there are horror elements here yep. and that whole uh i forgot the guy's name he did the alien uh the concept work and stuff for alien like oh, geiger. geiger yeah, yeah. geiger yeah. and yeah it has that sort of alien yes. kind of look with you know the, the you know all the pods and everything in those towers yeah i mean yeah that's there are certain parts of this thing that are just straight up like okay this this could be a, a legitimate horror film it is Definitely. very geiger the 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 you know set design yeah for, for is, like is your geiger real, meter going off my geiger meter <laughs> pegging a nine man but I, I i i appreciate that that about this movie like you mentioned the horror it does a lot of genre bending this it movie. really does yeah it's, yeah it's noir it's action it's a little bit of a love story and there's like maybe like what two or three sort of sight gags mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. oh yeah there's a couple we'll get to them yeah. and yeah. and joe i listen i do agree with you in the sense that this movie I think its biggest fault is it was too, they were too ambitious. Yeah. Like they tried right to do too that. much. They had some great ideas, some amazing mind bending ideas that some of them did not translate. I'm with you hundred percent on that. Yeah. I, that, I that's my beef with this movie. Yep. I think if they would have just focused more on the story part of it, like right. the actual story and, you know, throwing a couple effects in, but not went overboard on it. I think yeah. it would have been for me at least right. way higher. No, no, but I, it's, I, it's I, possible I, they may not have thought they would have had the opportunity to make yes, another movie that's as true. well. So they might have been like, you know what? We, yeah. we have to we have to drop every single good idea we could ever we've ever come up with, which is yeah. why, like you said, they blew their wad all over the place. And then yeah. when they got the two and three, they were like, yeah. OK, I guess we can squeak out one more, even though right. we're flaccid by this point because yeah. we've just kind of <laughs> blown it all over it, the place. It reminds me of the scene. <laughs> they try from- to put it back in and it was like, yeah. all right, we'll try. Yeah. It reminds me yeah. of the scene in Community. Where, J- where it's the Glee episode and Annie's comes in in her little Santa Claus outfit and she's singing to Jeff, like getting all like sexy. And at some point she just goes too far and he goes, you know, you, at some point you hit a point of diminishing returns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I don't disagree with you. There. I, re- I really, I understand where you're coming from. So yeah, Stop like, just to appreciate the fact that my man said you try to stuff it back in. <laughs> That was classic. I mean, that was, just, you know, that was all time. Like, actually. I, 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 okay, baby, I, I got some more. Just, just yeah, yeah. give me five yeah. minutes. Just, just, yeah, yeah. just one we'll just of work with us. This. One of us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Very good. Maybe he would work on JSM. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, so yeah, during the tour, Neo then meets the entire crew of the Nebuchadnezzar. So we see Trinity. We know Trinity. Uh, next is Apoc. We've met him. He's played by uh, Julian Arahanga. I actually know him from. There's a. I'll never do this on on the on the the cast, but there's a movie called Once Were Warriors. It's one of the most depressing films ever, but I absolutely love it. It's it's about uh, more. I don't know even how to say it. Maori warriors down in New Zealand, um, basically about them being stuck on their tribal land and you know the horrible lives they lead. He's he plays the son of the main character in that. Uh, we talked about Switch. That's Belinda McClory. Uh, Cipher is played by Joe Pantoliano. Joey Joey Pants. Pants. I have met Joey Pants. So oh. and he's a really cool dude. I had a I, I took a pop culture class in college, and the teacher, the professor, was uh, good friends with Joey. And he asked him to come in one day. So we had a whole class of him just telling stories. And oh, I was like, wow. the, he was such a cool down earth dude. Really, really. I, good I would guy. love to ask him about his time with, uh, with uh, Billy Crystal and, uh, and, um, oh my God, uh, running scared. G- Gregory Hines. Oh yes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. One yep. of my favorites. Oh, that's a great movie. Love that yeah. movie. Absolutely. Love that movie. Uh, we meet tank, uh, Marcus Chung. His brother Dozer, Anthony Ray Parker, and then finally Mouse, uh, played by Matt Duran. Um, so they bring Neo in and they place him in a chair, and uh, he's jacked into what is called the construct. It's a loading program that allows for training and uh, you know information uh, to be uploaded into the brain. It also gives Neo a chance to somewhat feel like his old self because within the construct he looks like his old self his hair is all out he's dressed neatly and you know um makes him feel a little more comfortable um within the construct morpheus talks about what's real and what's not real and then he explains that the matrix the bottom line is it's a neural interactive simulation um he shows neo what the real world really looks like on an old tv it's really cool uh that they're watching uh it's it's a nuclear wasteland i mean the cities are destroyed and then he goes on to explain that in the early 21st century, AI was born and created. Um, this singular consciousness spawned an entire race of machines. Um, then he goes on to say, who struck first? No one knows, but it was us that scorched the sky. Um, well, that, was- that, that is actually answered in the Enter the Matrix, uh, if you ever watched that, which was like yeah. a seven or eight or something like that, animated shorts. Oh yeah, and, the Animatrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah, Animatrix. Yeah, yeah. and yes. and they yeah. and there's uh, really true. Yeah, I, I forgot what it's called, but it's two parts, and it's essentially some, I guess, sentient AI that's essentially telling the story, right. and it shows how the the robots are working with us or for us rather. You know, they were just right. kind of like vacuums and stuff, and then eventually they rose up. But then there was some kind of political situation. But as, as far as who struck first, it was it was us. That was us. Of course it was. Yeah, it was. It was well, us. you know who struck first was the steering wheel from the giant ship in Wally because he was the one who was evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's priceless. That's so oh, good. God. Uh, yeah, that's true. The Animatrix is the second best Matrix movie <laughs> behind <laughs> this one. Okay, because yeah. it's way better than two and three and four. Um, so we don't even talk about four. Um, I've four come around that? on that, Mark. By the way. Okay. Oh my God! <laughs> I, no. You please. and I have talked about it, and I've come around on that. I have no use <sighs> for that movie. Uh, so yeah, so they scorched the sky because they they the the us humans understood that the the machines were you know solar powered and by blocking the sun they would be defeated. Um, of course, the machines outsmarted us and they came up with the perfect alternative: humans as energy. Um, so humans are then grown in fields and held in these pods, and they are providing uh, 
the power for the machine race. Um, so he explains that the Matrix is a CG dream dream world, and humans are just as he calls them. He holds up a copper top battery, um, which Switch called him earlier in the car scene. Called him copper top, and at that point, none of us the first time we saw it knew why she called him copper top, but that was the explanation in the matrix at that point he was still just a battery mm. um i gotta feel like duracell's been out of business for a long time at this point and there's no way that that battery hasn't like oxidized and like shit out everywhere a hundred years the later matrix, though he's in the construct everything can be recreated in the construct. Mm, that guess. wasn't real real yeah also, uh, like he's lithium. The construct, they're they, lithium now they, they explain you know here in the construct like whatever you need you know clothes and I just love the fact that he decided to dress himself like a future vampire. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah that, that's true. That's yeah. a bold move. It's like, yes. yeah, I could be wearing like a fucking cardigan and some, you know, khakis <laughs> He's or like, something. But. I heard Wesley Snipes got, uh, you know, sent to jail for a uh, tax evasion. Maybe I can replace him in Blade. <laughs> there you go. You're absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's at this point that the ingestion of all this information, um, Neo's brain overloads. He cannot deal with it. Um, he freaks out within the construct. And then in the real world, he falls to the ground. He throws up uh, conveniently, unlike a cat who will always throw up on a rug. Um, he throws up through the, the grate on the floor. So at least it just drains through. And at least it's not alien acid blood. So we're OK. <laughs> um, his brain then short circuits. Cypher even drops. You know, he's going to pop, uh, you know, when he throws up. Uh, so we then move to Neo again, laying in his bunk. Um, and he realizes that he can't go back. Um, he mentions this. He says it's to Morpheus and Morpheus then tells him about the legend of the one uh, more JC references. Um, you know, we're going to see it um, in this case. You know, he Morpheus talks about the Oracle who prophesized his return, the one's return. Uh, we just had Easter. So <laughs> more JC references and the destruction of the matrix. Morpheus reveals that he believes neo is the one um that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy or put on anyone okay um the next morning tank comes to get neo uh for training neo immediately notices that tank doesn't have any implants and he explains that him and his brother dozer are 100 percent pure old-fashioned homegrown human born in zion where humans live free uh, he explains that zion is the last human city it's down underground near the earth's core where it's still warm. Um, that's a little, you know, <laughs> that, that needs a little more explanation, but cause it's kind of bullshit, but it's all right. <laughs> I'll let it go. Uh, so tank is very excited. Everybody's excited because they all believe the prophecy and they believe he's the one. So tanks very excited. Uh, he wants to see Neil's potential and they get to work. So uh, Neil's back in the chair and he is, Tank loads up combat training, which downloads jujitsu into Neo's brain. <laughs> Neo's blown away by this. He's so excited. He just immediately says, I want more. Uh, Tank yeah, right. <laughs> Tank obliges and the training goes on. They do Kempo in uh, drunken style. Um, oh, what's the trivia on that one? Does anybody know the drunken style? The drunken boxing? No, no. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, you know what it is? The, the, uh, the fight choreography dude was in yes he was the fight choreographer on jackie chan's the drunken master oh, so they no. did the drunken boxing as a nod <clears throat> to him okay? okay that's what it was um 
so he's just they're downloading this stuff and downloading this stuff. Uh, Morpheus checks in. It? Well, that's true. They're uploading it to Neo. He's downloading it into well, the system and uploading it to Neo. Yeah. And Neo's upload speeds are off the chart. It's <laughs> unlike most of the world. Um, so Morpheus comes to check on him, and like Tank is wasted at this point. He is so tired. He explains that they've been at it for 10 straight hours, and he just comments that he's a machine. Um, <laughs> this is so great. When Neo wakes up and he looks at Morpheus and goes, I know jujitsu. <laughs> and Morpheus just looks at him. I know says, kung fu. Right? I know kung fu. Yes, sorry. Yeah. You're right. Um, and Morpheus says, show me. Um, we're immediately transported into a dojo within the construct. Uh, Neo and Mor- Morpheus are both outfitted appropriately. Um, and Morpheus at this point explains that while real world, real world physics apply in the matrix, if you know what you're doing, the rules can be bent and even broken. Um, so that's how the agents function and that's how they as people outside entering the matrix can do things that people within the matrix can't do Um, they square off and begin Um, Neo is obviously very skilled but he's no match for Morpheus uh, because he because he can't let go is the bottom line so we're going to learn that the you know the goal of this exercise is to help Neo understand that he's, his powers are almost limit, limitless or are limitless in the matrix. He just has to let go. Um, so the whole crew is excited. They run to watch this, you know, on the screens. Um, after he gets his first ass kicking, they square off again uh, with Morpheus looking at him and using that matrix iconic come to me hand motion. Um Neil begins, he begins to understand it bending the rules and he performs better, but he's still limited. And, you know, Morpheus starts pushes and goading him. He starts bullying him, trying to get him to, to open up and let go. You know, there's one thing in the, when that, when that fight first starts, they they, they go, they go to Neo and Neo does his, like, you know, you get to hear the, the kind of Japanese build up. And he's doing his arms. He's flinging them really fast. And the camera just kind of pushes in really fast. Yeah. And then when they go over to Morpheus, he just kind of has this soft sort of, yep. you know, and the camera pushes in very slowly mm-hmm. or pushes. Yes. It's so it's it's showing the two dynamics, right, where one guy is going to be really fast, really quick. And, right. and even the music kind of. Uh, you know, it's a little bit less. Uh, there's less energy and less kind of bombastic uh, yes. music to Morpheus, and it just it just those two little things. It's like, okay, one guy is just going to be out of control and just going to go crazy. Yeah. The other guy is he's calm, he's he's centered, and I'm just going to take care. And it's yeah, I I just, I just love that little visual cue. And oh, it's fantastic with, with audio and with the camera work all together, yeah. telling a story about here are these two different fighters, and you're going to see exactly what kind of style they have based on the music, based on their movements, yeah. and based on the way the camera goes, you know, pans for each one of them. Yeah, right. it kind of reminds me of the Guilty Conscience video with Eminem and Dre. <laughs> <laughs> what um, a reference. Holy I don't get that wow. reference. Well, Eminem's all spastic and crazy and losing it, and Dre's just calm and chill and cool the whole time. Okay, there you go. Yeah. That, that does, that does And they trade off back and forth. All right. Yeah, let's 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 get let's get that on. Let's get um let's get Dre and and uh <laughs> and Eminem in a in a ring. See how that goes. Right, that would be interesting. Um, it, it just it I just really... picture Eminem with just flailing arms, like almost like in the in, yeah. In, but Dre's in, an old man now. Eminem probably whoop his oh, ass. I know. Yeah, current. I'm talking them at each one at their peak. Yeah, their oh, peak. Yeah, no, Dre you know? probably win this. Oh yeah. Uh, 
All right. So, yes. And real quick, Mark, you mentioned the beginning of that before they start fighting and, and Neo is hopping around with that energy. He, he goes up and touches his his nose with his thumb. And that was an improvised yeah. nod to Bruce Lee because that was Bruce Lee. Lee. Exactly. So yeah. so Keanu did that, uh, you know, just to, to give him a nod. Uh, so uh, we are going to play a clip that I kind of missed for a second. How did I beat you? You're too fast. Do you believe that my being stronger or faster has anything to do with my muscles in this place? You think that's air you're breathing now? Again. Yeah. So, I, so I, actually, I love that. I love when he says, you that's air you're breathing. That you know, was just, his was facial so awesome. expression is what made that even better. Just yes. the way he gives that smirk and he looks mm-hmm. down and looks up and sort of like kind of half laughs. You know, <laughs> he like this. He's basically dismissing Neo because, again, he's trying to get Neo to understand that all he has to do is open up and let go and that he will become the one. Um, it's at this point that that Morpheus uses that come to me hand motion after that when he when he says again. Mm-hmm. Um, so Neo keeps up much better, uh, but he's still not understanding his true potential. Uh, so, again, uh, Morpheus goads him, trying to get him to hit him. Neo does eventually you, you get to the point where he throws a fist and it stops about an inch from Morpheus's face. Um, Morpheus explains, I'm trying to free your mind, Neo, but I can only show you the door. You have to walk through it. Okay. Um, Morpheus then asked Tank to load the jump program. And we're going to dive right into another clip. You have to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, and disbelief. Free your mind. Whoa. Yeah, so... I, I obviously I told you, Eric, I had to put that one in just to hear Keanu go, whoa, because it's, you a, know, it's a, I, yeah, I, I love the way that scene starts where he says, load the jump program. The camera is on both of their feet. Yes. The city just appears at the bottom. It goes up to them. The feet are going down. And then when their feet touch the ground, the camera pulls back out again. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the the uh, Bill Pope, the uh, cinematographer, just absolutely this is i think that's like his magnum opus just in terms of yeah. shot selection and just unbelievable count and those those are the little things that you don't get as the sequels progress you, you get right. less of those little small nuggets of like wow that was really cool i mean it's only about it's probably like three seconds total but it just it to me it just adds so much to the overall aesthetics of the of the film and you yeah. lose a lot of that when you get into the scene. But yeah, I, I, I absolutely, every time that scene comes up, I do. I admittedly, I rewind it at least once or twice yeah. to see it again because I just love how that transition is. It's really cool. Yeah. I agree with you. That was that was a wonderful use of this newfangled CGI because it, it works so well within the context of of the story. You know what I mean? That's one mm-hmm. of those moments that held up really well for me too. It's like, oh yeah. shit, yeah, that's, that's yeah. one of the good CGI moments. And like you said, the camera work is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, everything in this is practical or camera based is is amazing. It's just some of the shitty CGI that comes up. And well, the one o- of the I was saying, and I'm the over explaining. 
Well, one of the things that that made this movie different as well is that they um, this I don't know if you saw the storyboards, but the storyboards were basically full on, completely rendered uh, uh, comic panels. Right. Over like 600. most. Yeah. Most storyboards are like stick figures and, you know, barely kind of, right. ske- you know, table uh, napkin napkin sketches. And yeah. these and like they got like a professional artist to draw out like almost every single thing, every single shot in this movie. Um, so that makes a difference because it translates almost directly to uh, to the screen and you get it's basically a comic book, you know, and, uh, come to life. Yes. I bet this would and, work really good as a comic book. Oh, God, oh yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I agree. Uh, and that's actually another element that uh, sold the studio on this movie is that the, the Wachowskis presented these 600 storyboards and they hired Mark's right. There were two. I forget their names two two professional artists, comic book artists to create these storyboards and they brought it in and that also helped sell you know this movie to the studio mm. uh so really quickly what happens in that scene is morpheus jumps very easily from one building across a vast expanse to another building's roof um neo tries to psych himself up and he runs and jumps but he fails miserably he falls uh, 40 50 stories um he hits the pavement and sinks into the pavement Pops out sort of like a trampoline and then again lands on the pavement really hard. Um, that's one of the shitty CGI effects. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah. that's also the first kind of sight gag as well, where they're just kind of having yes. fun with it. Yeah, it's almost like a cartoon. Yeah. It's yeah, almost yeah. like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. It's a road Roger Rabbit. Moment. I'm like, we don't need this. Yeah. Well, you know what, Joe? I would also argue that I could pull any movie today, even some of the Marvel movies, and there are CG scenes in that that are awful because they don't put the money into it anymore. Yeah. So, but we again, they, it was a limited budget. They mistakes. had a limited budget. Well, we so. just didn't need it. Like it could have not been done and been fine. Well, no, because it, it, it's it's explained in the in the very next scene. So I'll, I'll touch on that in a second. So Mouse sees this. They all see this happen, and Mouse is concerned. But everyone reminds him that everyone falls the first time. Right? They've all been through this. They all fall the first time because again, it's about letting go, opening your mind, and believing in yourself. Um, so Neo's pulled out of the sim and he reaches up and he's got a mouthful of blood and from his crash to the pavement, this is where he learns that his real world or is, is that injuries in the matrix translate into the real world. Uh, so if you die in the matrix, you're dead in real life because the body cannot live without the mind is what Morpheus tells him. Um, next scene, Trinity brings some food to a sleeping Neo. Uh, when she leaves, Cypher's at the door, basically stalking her. He's, he's a creepy fuck. Um, and they start talking about, you know, bringing Neo to see the Oracle. Um, you know, Cypher's half hitting on Trinity and just, again, being, a, being an a-hole. Um, so this time we are back in the construct. Morpheus and Neo are walking on a crowded city street. Um, by the way, the city is called Edge City. Uh, I've been there a few times. (laughs) 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 Wink, wink. Um, Living on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. It's never mentioned, but it's, it's edge city. Cause again, the the matrix is not real. It's constructed. So, you know, they use scenes. Obviously it's shot in Sydney as Joe mentioned, but there's one scene I read that in the background, in the distance, you see a part of God, I think it's Pittsburgh and another city scape, you know, in it. What's your name again? I, I'm the edge lord. <laughs> Did you watch the uh was that the tick? The tick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Is it also uh, yes. the city in the the mask? Edge No. No. 
It's something. Um, it's something like that. Yeah. Okay. A one syllable name. You're right, Eric. You might be right, right, but you will have to look it up. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, we did that one way back in the day, but uh, I don't remember it. Um, shout out to the Tone Jerks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're walking through the city street and they're walking against pedestrian traffic. All right. Morpheus is walking seamlessly through this traffic without hitting anybody with his hands behind his back and his signature, you know, holding his hands behind his back pose and Neo's bumping into everyone. And it's very cool because everyone to a person is either dressed in all black or black and white. Okay. Um, so they also hired a bunch of twins for the twins. Yeah, right? a, lot, a lot of twins and triplets. Yeah, they, they try to get twins and triplets. That's very, yeah, it's, that was very cool. Very smart way to do it. Um, so, in this sea of black and white, Neo seeing coming the other way sees who we will learn is the woman in red. Very attractive woman dressed in a in a, a sexy red dress. Um, she walks by him, gives him a you know a little smile, and just as he passes, she passes Neo. Morpheus freezes the program. Um, he's about to teach. Uh, Neo a lesson he tells him to turn around and the woman in red is now Agent Smith holding Joe's favorite weapon Desert Eagle 5.0 or .50 yeah you messed it um, up you like crossed the like the Ford Mustang 5.0 with the Desert Eagle I know well I don't have guns so you would expect Desert that from Eagle. me right? although I wouldn't mind having a Fox Body Mustang 5.0 Desert Eagle edition wouldn't that be cool that would yes, be cool definitely uh, so the reason for this exercise is Morpheus is explaining that agents are sentient programs that can move in and out of the matrix. So, and no one who has ever fought an agent has survived. Uh, but Morpheus is convinced that Neo will succeed. And again, to touch back on, on Joe and Mark's point about the twins and the triplets, I didn't notice this till this time watching this movie when that's when, when he freezes the simulation. Okay. You can easily see if you pause that scene. You can easily see the, these twins and, and yeah. triplets. I thought, and the idea that I had is correct in that they wanted to simulate the limited resources available in the construct. I thought they just basically CG'd in the same character in different directions, but they actually practically, to save money, did what what you two said was they hired twins and triplets to dress the same and appear in different parts of the screen. So I thought that was really cool. Um, so, you know, when he says he's convinced that Neo will succeed, um, Neo looks at him skeptically and says, are you telling me I can dodge bullets? And uh, in a, in a great bit of foreshadowing, yeah. <laughs> Morpheus's response is I'm telling you that when you're ready, you won't have to. We'll get to that. All right. So uh, we are back in the ship now and it's being hunted by sentinels. And this is a scene that is definitely just used as an explanation. This is a Warner brothers. You've got to put this shit in. So people understand things. And it annoyed me. Um, so sentinels, they are these mechanical squid like machines. Uh, they are built for search and destroy missions. And Joe, I'm sorry. I had to use those words in a sentence. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah, we, serious search and destroy vibes from these squids I did. too. I did. We did a uh, we did a movie called Search and Destroy. Terrible. We had a, a guest, a good friend of mine, uh, and he picked this movie, and it was it was just god awful. Anyway, we're not even gonna we're not gonna rehash yeah. that. We're gonna move. It on. made Doug think Biodome was a fucking classic. I did. It did. It did. <laughs> I gave yes. I gave Biodome a higher rating. Um, 
So we learn that the only defense uh, is first the ship going dark and, and basically running silent like a submarine, you know, does or using an EMP if needed. And they had to explain what an EMP like Neo as a hacker yeah. doesn't know what a fucking EMP is. You know, even in 99, you should have known what an EMP is. I know. Anyway, Snatch was out before that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they explained they had to explain it, it again. It was a scene that did that it did rub me the wrong way. It was completely unnecessary. I just um, wish like before well, I wouldn't before Morpheus could have used the EMP. He came out covered in shit <laughs> <laughs> with a fake British accent. I, I don't think it was un- entirely unnecessary because it becomes it, obviously we, we see them again at the end. So you have to introduce yeah. the, the threat. Uh, and if you, I, if you only introduce them at the very end, you're like, what the hell are those things? Like, where'd they come from? Right. So I, I completely agree with you. It was just done very awkwardly. This is one of the scenes that I even feel it was done awkwardly, but I agree with you. They, they did have to set the stage and it, and it would have been bad if they didn't have that scene, but it was just, I don't done. know. Was the threat even necessary though? How about like, it just ends of with, with Neo realizing he could be powerful. You don't need to have the extra level of, well, we might die in the real world. I don't know. Just, no, 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 we'll get to why. Also, did. why if it busts holes in the ships, has the atmosphere since they're in space not fully evacuated from the ship and killed them anyways? Because they're not in space. Where are they at? They're on underground they're in tunnels. They explained this in the movie. They're under. They're in underground tunnels and subway tunnels that existed before the cities were blown up. I didn't get none of that. They, they, <laughs> they said it, word, it. They just said it. Word. They said it word for word in the movie, Joe. Well, I was playing it at 1.5 times speed to get done. <laughs> exactly. So you might have missed that part. But yeah, uh, that, yeah. Uh, that that's literally what Trinity says. Like you know, like and she's she's whispering it because they're uh, well, maybe she should have spoke the, up. The, 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 the Sentinels were <laughs> were around. Right. Yeah. And for me, exactly. Sentinels are those things that fucking fight the X Men in episode one of the cartoon. Yeah, they kind of did steal the name. Night of the Sentinels. That's See, that's for true. me, it's the, a Sentinel isn't is a movie called the Sentinel from the early eighties. It's a great horror flick about people, a ghost coming back and haunting this woman in a crazy apartment building in Brooklyn. So anyway, um, let's keep moving. That's a deep cut. I like Oh, that. fucking yeah. great movie. <laughs> great movie really was. I'm serious, Eric. It's called the Sentinel and you should watch it. Cause you'll love it. it it's yeah. very eighties. Creepy oh, horror, like okay. scary, scary shit. To um, me, Sentinels are mini Galactuses. No, I understand. I agree. I, I I can relate to that too. But yeah, Eric, I'm sorry to keep going, but this the Sentinel, it has scenes a la free, uh, freaks where they, oh, okay. they they actually use real like people with disabilities and with missing limbs. Oh my god. Uh that slowly crawl across the floor and come at the, the main, you know, protagonist. It's a it's they did that for the uh, freak show good. season of American horror story too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very good. So all right, so they they their tactics work. They don't have to employ, deploy the EMP going silent. You know the Sentinels go on their way. Um, we see Cipher is sitting in front of a bank of monitors, uh, looking at you. Know, he's monitoring the Matrix. Uh, Neo comes up from behind, and as yeah, as Cipher says, "Yeah, there you go." As Cipher says, "Geez, you scared the bejesus out of me." Out of me. So who says bejesus? Anyway. Um, so Cypher explains this is how they have to look at the matrix because the code is too complex. And after a while, you just accept it and you you understand. It's basically like learning an, a new language. If you become fluent in it and you can see. And he even says, all I see, you know, you see lines. All I see is blonde, brunette, redhead. So, uh, you know, 
So he gets that point across. He offers Neo a drink. Uh, I believe Dozer makes the moonshine, and it's like <laughs> it doubles his engine degreaser, I think he says. Um, so it, it, it's pretty hard. But, you know, after Neo's first sip, he, he settles right in. He, he drinks more. Um, they have another uh, – conti- they continue the conversation. And, you know, Cypher's basically, you know, he's doing a mind fuck on, on, on Neo. He's trying to make him doubt himself. Um, he even says, you know, you're thinking what I thought. Why or why didn't I take the blue pill? Um, so, all right, roll the next clip, Joe. <coughs> good shit, huh? Those are makes it. It's good for two things. Degreasing engines and killing brain cells. Oh. So, uh, can I ask you something? Did he tell you why he did it? Why you're here? Jesus! What a mind job. So you're here to save the world. What do you say to something like that? A little piece of advice. You see an agent, you do what we do. Run. You run your ass off. Thanks for the drink. Sweet dreams. Yeah, so I mean, Cypher's definitely fucking with Neo. And, and, and he succeeded at this point. You know, there's definitely a bigger seed of doubt in Neo's mind after hearing that and, and realizing that the weight that's been put on him. Um, I just realized, too, that, that so Joey Pants was a, he was the, the antagonist in Bound. I forgot. So, you know, he and the Wachowskis have worked together before this movie. Um, so that was that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So we're now we're, we're in the Matrix immediately. We jump into the Matrix in the next scene uh, where we see Cypher enjoying a very delicious looking steak dinner. Um, he's sitting at, at the table with agent Smith. So it's at this point we had our, you know, we had our inklings, but now it's confirmed that cipher is the mole. He's the informant. Um, he is going to betray Morpheus in exchange for being put back into the matrix with no memory of his life outside. Cypher's had it living in the real world. He just wants to, in, in his words, I want to be someone important. Uh, like an actor. actor. There's and, your second gag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and actually, this is where we learn he's the only other character in this movie whose real whose matrix name we learn because Smith calls him Mr. Reagan. And so even the actor thing, important actor, could be a nod to Ronald Reagan for whatever reason. Uh, it's never been <laughs> you know explained concretely, but uh, yeah. So he's the only other character we know from their matrix name. Uh, all right, so we're back on the ship, uh, and it's breakfast time. Tank serves up a tin of slop to Neo. It's like rice cereal, gross goop shit. Um, you know, Mouse goes on this little diatribe about, you know, you know, a little it, again, it's another mind job in general, talking about the fact that the machines really don't know what anything tastes like. So, what if they got it wrong? <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe. It tastes like chicken because they don't know what chicken tastes like. That's why chicken tastes like everything. <laughs> you know? And uh, then he proceeds to try to pimp out 
the the woman in red, which is a program that he created. He's very proud of her. <laughs> Digital pimp, hard at work, I think is what uh, uh, APOC says. I was a fan of like his pothead philosophy because there was all this real heavy philosophy in the yeah. movie. And then you get that one guy who's like, hey, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, what if chicken is like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I love that. That guy, I related to him more than any other character in this entire movie. I'm not He's like the me of this crew. Yeah, he is. <laughs> well, that, and that was one of those great things when he said, you know, <clears throat> when they were talking about, you know, this this meal, whatever, it's everything the human body needs. It's like, it doesn't yes. really have everything because we still have human impulses and, you know, we can't deny yeah. ourselves those things. And, and it's one, it, it was in a, in a small period of time. It's like chicken tastes like everything. You go, Oh damn, he's right about that. Like, yes. You know, and then it starts to make you question, maybe we are in a matrix. No, because exactly. everything tastes like chicken, but then he also goes into the, to the very relatable element that we all have desires. If we don't, you know, give into those impulses yeah. then we cease to be who we really are if we just deny ourselves these things so i thought it was a really great little moment with just enough philosophy and just a little bit yep. of comedy mm -hmm. uh yeah. it, it was a good it was a good balance it was a good scene absolutely the, it goes to the yeah, first the first option that they didn't <clears throat> they, they scrapped it of course but they were going to sit at the scene and they were eating the food and the guy's like this food has everything you need it's got electrolytes and then the one guy's like, but what about this? What? He goes, yeah, yeah what are electrolytes? Yeah, exactly. Then it round tables and just keeps going on and on about electrolytes. And then, you know, somebody else says, are you sure you're not the one? Right. They, but they had, they, they ran out of time. They had to cut the. Yeah. So they, they decided the to go with the more serious aspect. Yes. Oh, no, I get it. I agree with you. But that would have really brought this movie up like a whole two point rating for me. Yes. <laughs> oh, Mark, just so you know, and, and I'll preface this by saying that both Eric and I, me more than Eric, Absolutely love the movie Idiocracy. That's Joe's favorite movie of all time. And I respect him for that because it's a great movie. It's a true he story. gave that our only five out of five rating of all the movies we've done over, over a year and a half period. That's <laughs> the only one that's gotten a five by anybody. Yep. All right. And like I said, I love that movie, but that's where we're coming from. Well, um, I, th I think you guys already did Fifth Element, and that's actually my, my favorite. There you go. Uh, that got that's, very that's, high marks as well. That's that's my that's my top yeah. top movie. Is there any that, other Chris Tucker movies that you think are very important to have watched? <laughs> Mo Money. Uh -huh. Mo Mo Money. Um, how about no? Wins? It's not, not no that no no that's 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 Dame that's, that's Damon Wayans. No, Damon no, Wayne. it was oh damn it. What's the name of that freaking movie? It's him and Charlie Sheen. Um, <laughs> it's not where I expected no. this to go. Chris, Chris, Chris Tucker and, and Charlie Sheen. Thank you. What about and more Chris Tucker and Ice Cube? Chris Tucker and Ice Cube. See, I mean, besides Friday. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hitting that Friday here. See, and that's where I'm trying to go. Money, Money Talks was the name of the Chris, Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen movie, yes. uh, which is excellent. I've seen it at least probably two or three times. I, I know at least at least twice. I probably watched it more than that because Chris Tucker was he was vintage Chris Tucker in that movie. Charlie Sheen was actually pretty good. Yeah, that um, is a good one also. Yeah. I need uh, to, uh, so the reason I bring up a Friday is because Doug has never seen Friday. Right. Yeah, but what? I love the way that that backfired <laughs> on you. I love the way that backfired it did. It really on backfired. You. I'm an old man. I'm an old man. Every old man I know has seen Friday. It's like one of the old man movies to quote. Every old man you know lives in Florida. I do not, so I've never seen Friday. Yeah. Okay. There's there's swingers too. Yes. Well, listen, it's on our schedule, Mark, and it's honestly become a joke at this point. Has Doug seen? We seriously, we're going to start a Twitter. Has Doug seen Friday yet? And every day, <laughs> but no. Okay. Nope. 
So I will have to watch it very shortly. I like how he says have to watch it. Like it's not like an amazing movie that he's going to love. No, I might love it. I listen. I don't know. I've seen (laughs) scenes from it, and the scenes make me laugh. Well, I I think I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to love it. I I don't disagree. All right, but it's a it's definitely a running joke this time that the joke is going to be more funny than me watching the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of is. Yeah, I just love seeing people's faces when I tell them Doug's never seen Friday. Yeah, I know it's great. It's great. There hasn't been anybody who said hasn't said what? Yeah, everyone's like what? nobody to a person has said. You know, I mean, they all say what? It's one of those movies that just like everybody has seen. Yeah, like, I, know. I know. You know, I, well, you know, I, here, here's here's you haven't seen you haven't seen Friday. I'm I'm gonna I'm probably gonna break some hearts right now. I've never seen The Lost Boys. Whoa. Oh, 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 dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's I a, know. That's I know. all time. That movie's all time. I know, but that's that's the no, no. So I get that, it. That's why I, I don't it. shame Wait, you for like. Hold on, how you I not seen Friday? I've never, I've never seen I've the Lost Boys either. <laughs> what? Oh, really? Eric, God. Eric, who's yeah, swapping or, movies out to get Lost Boys in? <laughs> yeah, Halloween, buddy. Um, yeah, but Friday well, I, is just such a superior movie yeah. to a lot of things. Real, real quick. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life, and I've never seen Gone with the Wind. No, no I know either of those either. Myself, but I, I've, I've, I've seen, seen Gone. I've seen Gone with the Wind. I've, I've never, yeah, I've never seen, seen those two movies. I have yeah. no desire to. Um, all right, so Gone with the Wind movies. is my elevator story. Get <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the the people in the elevator are gone with your wind. Yeah. Uh, but so, I blame I blame them every yeah. time. Uh, so anyway, back at the breakfast table, Morpheus interrupts the crew and announces that they are going to take Neo to see the Oracle. And this is a very exciting moment for everyone. They can't wait for this to happen to make sure, you know, to learn that everything's going to pan out like the, the prophecy is said, blah, blah, blah. So, um, they're prepped for insertion into the matrix. Um, and they all arrive at what looks like the same hotel where Neo met Morpheus. It probably is, um, they head downstairs to the car again, which is fantastic. Um, not the whole crew. Some of the crew stays behind. Um, at this, It's at this moment we see Cypher drop his cell phone, which is open and on, into a nearby garbage can. So his plan is in motion to, uh, you know, betray Morpheus and the team. Um, as they Judas. drive, what's that? Judas. He's a Judas. Yes. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. In the JC story, he is Judas, 100%. Yeah. Um, as they're driving to, to the Oracle's apartment, Neo is freaking out kind of, he's like, you know, his mind's a little blown because he's recognizing a bunch of different places that he's frequented when he was in the matrix. Um, yeah, that, that, that place had great food and blah, blah, blah. Um, so we, uh, we arrive at the Oracle's apartment building. Um, as they get there, Neo asks Trinity if she's been to see the Oracle, she says, yes, but there's hesitation in her voice. She doesn't want to tell him what the Oracle told her. She kind of does, but she just doesn't know how to do it. Um, but it's at that point that Morpheus, you know, and Neo Morpheus says it's time. So he and Neo head up um, and they talk about the Oracle and, and what's going to transpire as they head up. Um, now we've got a clip and this clip is six minutes and 20 seconds long, <laughs> but it's the long, it might be the longest clip we've ever played, but it's necessary, so just everybody enjoy it, all right?
did not try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. There is no spoon? Then you'll see that it is not the spoon that bends, it is only yourself. Whoa. The Oracle will see you now. I know you're Neil. Be right with you. You're the Oracle? Bingo. Not quite what you were expecting, right? Almost done. Yeah. I'd ask you to sit down, but you're not going to anyway. And don't worry about the vase. What vase? That vase. I'm sorry. I said don't worry about it. I'll get one of my kids to fix it. How did you know? Oh. What's really going to bake your noodle later on is... Would you still have broken it if I hadn't said anything? You're cuter than I thought. I can see why she likes you. Who? Not too bright, though. You know why Morpheus brought you to see me. So? What do you think? Do you think you are the one? Honestly, I don't know. You know what that means? It's Latin. It means know thyself. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Being the one is just like being in love. No one can tell you you're in love. You just know it. Through and through. Balls to bones. Well. I better have a look at you. Open your mouth. Say ah. Uh. Ah. Uh. Okay, now I'm supposed to say, hmm, that's interesting, but then you say... But what? But you already know what I'm going to tell you. I'm not the one. Sorry, kid. You got the gift, but it looks like you're waiting for something. What? Your next life, maybe. Who knows? That's the way these things go. What's funny? Morpheus. He, uh... He almost had me convinced. I know. Poor Morpheus. 
Without him, we're lost. What do you mean, without him? Are you sure you want to hear this? Morpheus believes in you, Neo. And no one, not you, not even me, can convince him otherwise. He believes it so blindly that he's going to sacrifice his life to save yours. What? And you're going to have to make a choice. In the one hand, you'll have Morpheus's life. And in the other hand, you'll have your own. One of you is going to die. Which one will be up to you? I'm sorry, kiddo, I really am. You have a good soul. And I hate giving good people bad news. No. Don't worry about it. As soon as you step outside that door, you'll start feeling better. You'll remember you don't believe in any of this fate crap. You're in control of your own life. Remember? Here. Take a cookie. I promise by the time you're done eating it, you'll feel right as rain. What was said was for you and for you alone. All right. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. So we'll do a bit of it and then we'll take a break. Um, so there's a lot of silence at the beginning of that because uh, Neo's waiting sort of in a waiting room, in a living room there. And there's a little kid, looks like a, a Hare Krishna. Um, he's actually looking at spoons and he's bending them. The spoon is bending in his hands. And that was a big thing in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> there were people that claimed they could, uh, who was it? Uh, Yuri Geller. Yuri Geller, that's the guy. Yeah. yeah, claimed he could bend spoons and shit. He never could. It was great. He failed every time he did, but he convinced a lot of people that he could do it. All I could um, think of looking at that kid though was the Stranger Things Eleven. Yeah. Well, maybe they got the look from from that. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so Neil goes in to meet the Oracle, uh, played by the great Gloria Foster. Um, not a lot of screen time, obviously, but to me, she almost steals the movie. Mm-hmm. She's so yeah. good. She is just so good. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, and she's so genuine in 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 her approach and and the way she delivers her dialogue. Absolutely love that. Um, you know, yeah, she lays it out. Um, really quick. There's you know, balls to bones and uh, right as rain, which I kind of knew already. And there's one other phrase she uses that uh, is used in my house a lot. <laughs> Bake your noodle, that one. Bake your noodle, exactly. Bake your noodle <laughs> yeah, is a that was a one. weird one. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird one, but it gets used in my house all the time. So yeah, uh, so yeah. At the end, you know, he 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 comes out believing what he thought he believed that he's not the one, and she's told him so. Uh, there yeah. is some, there's some obviously very obvious foreshadowing uh, laid out by the Oracle in that scene uh, about maybe in another life we'll get to that. Um, again, we're talking, you know, it's another, another JC reference. Um, so yeah, so he's gotten his news from the Oracle and he and Morpheus are on their way. Yeah. She and, also drops a, uh, Bill Cosby line. Just take one of these and you won't remember anything by the time you get in the other room. 
<laughs> very true very true she was in the bill cosby show actually <laughs> there you go oh, she learned her thought um, line from him but yeah so really quickly what i read um about the cookies is um i'm not well we're gonna we're spoiling shit anyway so we come to learn in the in the next movies that the oracle is a program like the 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 agents and that she's ascension program um but she's on this this side of good she wants to you know just basically dismantle um the matrix so the cookies because they're in the matrix it's it's basically a small program that when he eats it it will make him feel better and make him feel as right as rain uh so that's why she gives him that cookies i wonder if it's like a reference like a computer cookie could be oh yeah enable your cookies bro exactly right as rain i also like that she brings up like the concept of predetermination so casually in this conversation Yep. yep Like, oh, this will really fuck with you, buddy. But would you broken a face when and say anything? Like, <laughs> that's the kind of shit that makes you pause the movie. Like, oh my god, are they really throwing this concept right. at me? Which, yeah. which is a, a, a still one of the most uh, hotly debated uh, concepts in Christianity is predestination yeah, you know, yeah. versus you know, you know, God uh, omniscient and omnipresent and. Uh, you know, one se- one second for him is a thousand years, whatever you know, kind of thing. So, uh, ha- has your life already been predetermined, or is fate involved, and right. and so forth? The other thing, though, the 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 Latin uh, reference, which is, and I don't know if you had this already lined up to talk about, uh, oh, I, uh, I but um, the you know, know thyself, you know, so Latin phrase, and the Latin phrase uh, or the Latin term for matrix actually equates to womb. Um, oh, so the birth or, or, or a, a woman okay. giving birth. And this goes back to Sophia Stewart, uh, who, or Sophie Stewart, rather Sophie, uh, or Sophie or Sophia, wherever she goes by, of course, claims that she actually wrote the matrix or actually what she claims is she wrote the Terminator and the matrix as one film. It was one story. Right. And uh, Sarah Connor was supposed to be the mother of Neo. And I mean, it's it gets really expensive. But um, but of course, it just took her story and broke it up into two different franchises. But I just thought it was interesting that, you know, the Latin word for womb is matrix, which is like uh, which uh, then I started thinking about the word matrix and the fact that um, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger's last name in commando <laughs> uh, was was uh john matrix or something like that like oh yeah. john womb cool okay <laughs> now that's a movie i'd like to see man like a crossover event of right? the century on That'd some be fucking very cool. the quad and neil's like whoa <laughs> <laughs> all right let's make it happen all right so we're going to take our, our our next break and uh join us back appreciate it Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. I'm hosting Jeopardy. (laughs) Are you though? Listen guys, we we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. uh, We are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. In you fact, can either be a friend it, of the show. 
a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We could we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but I'll say for anything picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that, on that number one tier. And all with right. that... You can even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout-out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie.